Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. Hey, what's up, Rockstars? This is Matt Johnson. We are back again with a fantastic conversation uh, with Brent Weaver. He's the host of the Digital Agency Show. He's the founder of YouGurus. So if you're in the agency world, you might already be familiar with Brent and his work. They're doing some awesome stuff over at YouGurus. Now, if you're a business coach or consultant, you are going to be extremely fascinated by the deep dive that we took into Brent's 12-month group coaching program and how that came to be. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, First of all, we talked about what it means to really dominate a market How do you address the limiting beliefs that keep people from even pursuing that as a goal? And and what what does it mean to really define and then redefine your market so that you have the market fit right to begin with? Because as Brent points out, a lot of the problems that show up in our businesses, whether we're coach consultants or agencies, whatever, if we deliver professional services, a lot of the problems in our business show up as a direct result of the fact that we picked the wrong market or too broad of a market to begin with. And then all these other problems flow from there. So one of the first things that they do with agency owners when they get into their coaching program is they help them refine and redefine their market. So they have the right market to go after and with the intent of dominating the market and why that's so important. Then we take a deep dive into the group coaching program. Now, how this came about is that Brent, I think it was after the agency got acquired, he starts teaching other agency owners through courses how to, uh, you know, build their agency, how to improve their sales process, uh, process specifically. That was the first course that came out with. They sell thousands of copies of the course. All is good, right? So then he starts following up and realizing people aren't diving into the course and he gives some percentages and and things like that that are extremely fascinating for anyone that sells courses. But his conclusion was, hey, this is, I don't want to keep doing this, right? So it's going successfully. People are buying it, but they're not getting the results that I want them to have. And so what do I do next? Well, he starts a group coaching program. First, it's short. It's a 10-week program. They've sent 1,300 people through that. Amazing, awesome, great. But that's not giving them the ability to address all the other things in their business that hold them back, right? So then what do you do? Okay, well, he built a year-long program. So basically, he's been on a very similar progression that a lot of you in the audience are familiar with. You may be at different stages, uh, but you can see that journey coming if you haven't been through it already, right? It's, It's not easy to get people to change their behavior. And so what Brent, and I think what what they've done over at YouGurus has figured out is a great year-long coaching program that actually gets people to change their behavior, gets them and helps them be accountable, uh, holds their hand, provides all the systems, the information that they need, but also gives them a structure where they actually take action on it. And I think that's the holy grail of what we're looking to do. If you really genuinely want to help people in your market, I think this is one of the best structures that I've ever seen to do it. So for anyone that's in the coach consulting world, I think it's gonna be incredibly valuable. This conversation is super deep for as short as it is. So without further ado, let's uh, join Brent Weaver. All right, Brent, officially welcome to the UX Podcast. Yeah, great to be here, thanks Matt. Appreciate your time. We're gonna have a fun conversation. I wanna start off talking about uh, your your perspective on what it means to dominate a market and and why that's such a, uh, psychological hangup. I don't know that, uh, <laughs> I don't know the business coaches quite have as much of an issue of this as creatives do, but if you're definitely drawn to the creative side, there's more of a, kind of a everyone play nice in the sandbox approach to things. And so I think they have a hard, hard time with the idea 
of setting out intentionally to dominate a market. But uh, how do you kind of chip away at that, that misperception? Yeah, and the word dominate definitely invokes um, some interesting feelings since we started using it. Uh, some people that we've worked with have been like, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to dominate my market. Um, and then, you know, we start kind of asking them some questions about what they want out of their business and what they want out of, um, out of their life. And especially when it comes to creatives, you know, one of the things that people really want is they want people from their market to, uh, to come to them right? They want to be known in the market. They want to be able to uh, be the expert, right? And so when I, when I talk to them about that, I'm like, well, in, in my view, either your market is dominating you and it's, it's, it's determining, uh, you know, what your circumstances are or you're dominating it, right? Um, and, and not to say that you have to be the number one person in the market. I don't think that's really what we mean when we say uh, our goal is to help you dominate your market, but it's, it's that it's your, your market and your business and really yourself serves you um, while you serve it, but it's, it's not the other way around where it's the thing that's really determining how your business is structured and how you end up getting clients. You actually have control over that um, and you're able to get what you want out of your market. Okay. So go back to the, uh, you know, being number one, cause I think that's part of what makes people uncomfortable. Um, when you say you don't have to be number one in your market, how do you, how do you help people define what their market is? Yeah. So that's a good question. I mean, you know, this is a very personal, uh, you know, thing that you have to explore as an agency owner. Every agency is different, you know, whether they're going after a vertical like doctors and dentists or lawyers or restaurants or whether they're going after a horizontal where it's more like, um, you know, let's say they're, they're building uh, email funnels or they're using Infusionsoft or, uh, you know, they're using ClickFunnels as a platform and then they're, you know, they're working with lots of different types of verticals in there. So, you know, determining that kind of market um, definition is, is super important. And a lot of that comes down to uh, what could you be best in the world at? What are you passionate about? And what can you actually make money doing? So we actually use uh, Jim Collins hedgehog concept as part of our, uh, the framework that we use to help agency owners determine that because, you know, I love to cycle. Um, uh, but I don't know if I could be the best cycling coach in the world and I've never made money with anything related to cycling. So for me, like, that's a better thing to leave as a hobby, right? And, and, I, and I tell people sometimes like, hey, yeah, you should, you should definitely work within a niche where you have passion or interest or you could see yourself one day having a passion or interest. Mm -hmm. um, but just because you have a passion doesn't mean it should be something that your business does. You have to look at that trifecta of the thing that you can actually make money doing, be the best in the world at, and also you're passionate about. 100% true. Um, yeah, I mean, for anyone that listens to the show, they know I have a, a musician background and found out kind of the same thing the hard way, which is passion isn't enough necessarily. Uh, just because you're passionate about it doesn't mean it's valuable enough to other people to where they're willing to pay for it. Nor does it mean that it may be worth the emotional expenditure of effort uh, to figure out how to market something that you're passionate about because what ends up happening, you spend about 20% creating and about 80% marketing. And if you're not really passionate about the marketing side of it, um, it's going to be hard to develop that passion, quote unquote, into a business anyway. And uh, so that, that I found that out the hard way. And I realized that, wait a minute, I built up this marketing skill set trying to figure out how to market music. I should probably take it and help people that make money. Uh, and that would probably be a lot more lucrative and fun and allow me to do music on the side and still be passionate about it and still have fun creating, but not 
have it, you know, have my personal livelihood and wealth building <laughs> depend on my ability to write the next hit song. Probably not a good thing. Um, so, uh, so I, I completely relate to that. And my dad is into cycling, by the way. He, he, he tried so hard. He tried really hard. <laughs> he bought me a jersey. He, he fixed up an old, he like remade an old Schwinn speed bike for me, the whole, the road bike, the whole nine yards. He just couldn't do it. Couldn't do well, it. And, 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 you know, that part of being, being able to be the best at something and also make money uh, doing it is super important. Because one of the things we say, look, you, you want to be however you define your market, right? So I'm not saying that you should go out there, you know, trying to be the number one restaurant web design company or the number one, uh, you know, legal PR firm. Uh, that's probably going to be a very difficult battle, right? But if all of a sudden I redefine that using a geographical constraint, like we're going to be the best web design company for restaurants in Denver, like all of a sudden I went from this huge competitive field of like a hundred thousand web design companies across the world to now we're talking about restaurants. Okay. There's let's say a quarter million restaurants in the United States. Okay. Now I'm talking about being the best web design company for restaurants in Denver. Like that is an achievable goal, right? I could actually foresee myself being the best in the world at that. And it's a, it's a money-making revenue generating prospect, but here's the deal. Uh, Seth Godin talks about this in his book, The Dip. Um, nobody wants to work with like the, the 50th best company, right? Like right. if you're a restaurant in Denver and you're building your website, like you want to go work for the, you got, you want to go work with the best company. You don't want to work with like the average everyday website design company. You want to work with the best company. And that's why the companies that are the best in class in their market sometimes get five, 10, even 20 times the results as the 10th ranked company. And that's incredible, right? And this shows up all over the place. Like if you look at the number one blockbuster movie um, that's, that's out for a given weekend, like the number one blockbuster movie for a weekend usually gets something like three or four times the number of sales as the number two. And the crazy part is, uh, and you can actually look at this, I did this for my, 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 my community. We looked at the weekend that Black Panther, the movie came out. Uh, it had 100 times the sales as number 10. <laughs> 100 times the sales is number 10. So think about how many companies are out there right now that maybe are number 10 in their market. And they literally are getting one 100th of the sales as the number one company. So if you simply redefine your market as something that's achievable that you can be number one at, that's probably one of the fastest ways I see people very quickly uh, rapidly grow their agencies is by redefining their market, choosing a market they can dominate, and then actually getting to that number one position. Love it. And uh, yeah, and we know from, you know, like even once markets mature, it's, it still ends up being like that, what it goes back to the immutable laws of marketing. I think Al Reese talks about the number one in any market usually ends up being, having about twice the market share as number two. And then number three, eh, maybe they have a few ticks. And then after that, it like just falls off a cliff. Like nobody, nobody has room in their brain for the most part for more than three brands in, in a given market. And I would say more so with professional services that are bought occasionally like nobody has if you ask the average buyer of web design services who their favorite company is could they name one if they weren't actively in the market for one right <laughs> at that point I guarantee you they can't they don't know like you're not even on their radar and most of us aren't unless they're actually in the market for what we do so it's not like we have even the the name recognition of a coke or a pepsi to where we're just kind of in people's lives all the time we just kind of come and go so that's always fun to think about but uh, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about uh, the group program 
right? And right. how you guys have kind of structured that. So, so walk me through the process of what you guys maybe offered to start out with and, and tell me a little bit about what the program looks like now. Well, I mean, when we first started YouGurus, uh, the very first thing that we did was start to launch some video courses. So our very first course uh, was actually called the Web Design Sales Kit. And it was a, you know, four or five hour video training around um, how to basically the, the process that I had created uh, selling websites for my agency, um, I had uh, packaged that up into a system that other agency owners could use. And, um, you know, I pitched over over a thousand website projects over a 12 year period of time. We had hundreds and hundreds of clients under active management. So I looked, I looked at that process that I'd created over 12 years and said, look, I'll just teach you how to do this in four and a half hours and, uh, and everything will be good in the world. And so we did that for about a year and we'd sold um, thousands of copies of the web design sales kit. I started calling customers that had bought it. And I think like most video courses, uh, you know, not everybody, uh, completes the course. That was, that was the assumption I made was not everybody what? completes the course. Yeah. I, I for one, am shocked. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, I, I, I was totally shocked, but then of course I actually consider how many courses I had bought and never finished. Um, and then it all makes sense. Right. But I never thought people would actually do that with my course. Uh, so, and, and what actually blew me away was there was a huge percentage of people that never even started the course. Yeah. And did, that, you, ever, did like, you get a sense of what percentage that was if you had to peg it yeah, it was about a third. A third, yeah. A third, which was which which actually kind of kept me up. I was like, wow. But the funny thing was, is they were they were happy customers. Like it's crazy, they, right? You know, it's like it's like they bought it and they experienced some kind of satisfaction or good intentions or or maybe even just you know thinking to themselves, I want to focus on sales was was worth it enough for them. But then there was a really small percentage of people that had um, had bought the course, had taken the course, and had applied it. And they were getting amazing results. And they were like thanking me hand over fist, like, thank you for doing this and, and putting this in my life. And there was a, a much bigger amount of people that either took the course and didn't fully finish it or didn't apply it to their business. And they really didn't get the results that we promised. And so I started to dig into that. Yeah. Started to ask some questions about it. And what I found over and over and over again was people were getting hung up on really, really small kind of what if scenarios, little tiny curveballs. Uh, little, you know, cause in the real world, like the course is made, like here's a, here's a core framework, but then of course you apply it to the real world and the real world stuff happens. Like, you know, yep. somebody will be in the middle of presenting their proposal and all of a sudden there's like, you know, the owner, you know, runs out of the room because this kid just got in trouble at school and he's like, well, what do I do next? Right. So there's all these like real world situations that actually happen and people were getting caught up on that. So I was like kind of depressed about it. I was like, well, I can't, I can't continue selling this thing knowing that like only five or 10% of the people that are buying it are getting the results that I wanted them to get. So we actually totally pivoted our business and started to do live coaching. I thought to myself, okay, if I can just take nine people into a group and actually over 10 weeks, I'm going to get them the material, but then I'm going to train them on how to apply it. And I'm going to hold them accountable to actually getting this stuff done in their business. And we went from you know, about 10%, 15% of people completing a hundred percent of our course to uh, 90 5% of people that uh, took that original bootcamp, the very first cohort that enrolled, um, ended up 
uh, actually completing the course. We had 34 people the first time we did our, our first boot camp, and the results were insane. Um, we actually were helping people sell their first $10,000 project. We took our sales system, held them accountable for applying it, and um, and, and it changed the game for us. You know, I mean, obviously it was more expensive and whatever, but we kind of stopped selling the course. We we're like, screw this course thing. We're going to sell boot camp and we're going to do this. So we did boot camp exclusively for about three and a half years. For 10 weeks, that was all we focused on. We've had over 120, I'm sorry, over 120, 135 groups go through. So over, uh, over 1,300 people have gone through our 10-week boot camp. Um, but what I found even then, right? So I continue to go back to these companies. I start talking to them about what's working, what's not working. And what we found going back to them for a lot of these companies, while we helped them totally change their sales systems, um, they, uh, they were still struggling in other areas of their business. And yeah. one of that was really around generating leads, um, and building their business from a, a marketing and market share perspective. Right. And, and, and what I found was there was no way I could do that in 10 weeks. Because helping a company design their business strategy um, and then just like we did in the 10-week boot camp for sales, actually hold them accountable to implementing it was I just, I couldn't figure out how to make that happen in 10 weeks. So we yeah. created a year long program. It's actually kind of a bigger vision than that. We kind of look at it as a, a three year program that we sell in, um, in, in one year kind of buckets. And our mm -hmm. goal is to help somebody go from, from zero, uh, zero results in a market all the way through market traction, authority, and scale within their, within their market. So fully scale their okay. business up to their market uh, within three years. Incredible. Okay. So, so the percentages that you outlined, uh, the problem with the original video course, that, that totally tracks. So one of my clients calls it the pie of engagement, which if you're going to base a business on online course sales, video course sales, you, you, like you, either, you either ignore it right? By not calling the people that bought your course, which you obviously took that step of figuring that out. So either ignore it or you come to terms with it. That's an interesting thing that like that's, we could, we could dive way deep on that. But I, I, you know, the whole coming to terms with that, that that's an interesting thing. But I, the, the people that really care about the results and, and you clearly do, I think can't stay in that world for very long. Once you realize it, once you see the problem and once you talk to the clients and realize, okay, this is a human nature thing. It's not a course thing. Like there's only so much you can do, I believe, to a course that's self-guided to get somebody through it because it's just human nature. So you shift gears, you start launching the bootcamp, you figure out, so my, my impression of it based on what you're saying is that the bootcamp was sales-based, so you had the right carrot on the end of the stick that gets them in the door. Is that, do I have that about right? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we do touch on a couple other topics in our bootcamp program. It's kind of bucketed into three, three main themes for the 10-week program, strategy, sales, and projects. So what we found was um, there were some people coming into our 10-week program, and our goal is to help them sell their first $10,000 project in 10 weeks. Well, okay. if they're working with, um, you know, if their clients currently today are brand new coaching businesses that have zero revenue and they're putting their website or marketing project on their credit card with a $2,000 limit. Um, and that's their ideal customer. That's who's actually knocking on their door, paying them $500 or a thousand dollars to build a website. Um, we actually can't, no matter how much sales methodology we teach them, we actually can't help them get $10,000 from that customer. Cause they're just, the numbers don't make sense. Right. Yeah. Uh, companies typically spend seven to 8% of their gross revenue on marketing in, in their business, right? So if you have a, a million dollar a year business, they're probably spending about $70,000 a year on marketing. 
rule of thumb, right? There's, there's lows to that, highs to that, different mm-hmm. for different industries. If you're talking about a $100,000 business, you're talking about seven grand a year, right? So mm-hmm. that's their entire marketing budget for their entire year. If you go to them and try to sell a $10,000 project, um, it, it's, it's going to be a difficult proposition. You're asking them for more than 100% of their marketing budget all up front, right? Yeah. So in our 10-week program, we do have a little bit of strategy. because so we say, look, if you're going to sell a $10,000 project, it has to be to a customer, a, t- a typical uh, person that can afford that. But what we don't do in our 10-week program is really um, help them actually go into that market and uh, really gain traction. We just say, hey, you need to start thinking about this or working on this or try to uh, find some customers that might have this type of money uh, to work with. Or better yet, maybe we can teach you some sales methodologies to work with the customers you're working with now to get you Mm -hmm. from a $2,000 project to maybe a three or 4,000. So we kind of take baby steps with those people. Whereas our 12 month program, we are really helping people to do like deep market validation, building themselves as an authority in their market, get them on stages, get them as published authors in their market, help them generate, uh, you know, or build systems that generate predictable leads, uh, things that just take a lot more than 10 weeks. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so, so what I gather from that and, and this, uh, obviously this has been said a lot, but I, I think there's a lot of people out there that just underestimate how important this is not to chase the low end of any market. There's a reason for the most part that the companies that exist out there don't serve the lower market and because the, often they figure out the same thing you figured out, which is that you're selling to the wrong people. You can't build a sustainable business off of chasing the lower end of the market. And there's just, I think there's a lot of people that have a heart for other people and that's awesome. But yeah, I think you have to separate what you do for charity versus what you do that you can build a profitable, sustainable business off of. You know, I'm, uh, Matt, I'm going to challenge you on this. Um, okay. Cause, cause <laughs> I, I don't think that working with the bottom 10% of the market means that you have a heart. Um, I think it's more often in my experience, it's because people are scared to work with the successful people in their market. Um, you know, I don't think that it says anything about you making you a better person because you work with businesses that are struggling versus businesses <laughs> that are successful, right? Like, I don't think that makes you a better person, right? Um, I think it just means that you're, you're not willing to face some kind of mindset limitation. And usually it comes down to a few different things. Like, you know, I'm not good enough yet. Right. right. I'm not good enough to work with the number one company in my market. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Or it's because they just don't know where to find those people. So they're like, well, I don't know where to find the top 10% of restaurant owners. Therefore, I'm not going to focus on that part of the market. And so what, what I find with people is like, look, let's at least put the intention out there first. Right. So let's say, for instance, you want to work with the top 10% of restaurants in Denver and you're not sure where to find them. Well, gosh, all of a sudden we have clarity around what you should be working on when it comes to marketing, which is researching, you know, mm-hmm. building a list, trying to determine who are the top restaurants, right? What does Yelp say are the top restaurants in the city? What are the restaurant reviewers say are the top restaurants? When you go and talk to people in the restaurant market and you ask them who are the top players in this market, who are the people that they're saying, right? So it gives you some direction of, of what questions to start asking. And if you don't feel like you're good enough yet, create an inventory. What does that mean? What do you mean? Like if you're not, if you don't feel like you're ready or if you have to fake it till you make it, like let's get specific. Does it mean that we just don't have like the right uh, team member, the right quality of team member? 
Are we not sure if the people that are at the top of the market have the same problems as the ones in the bottom of the market? Like build a list and get clarity around what are your gaps that you have today that you need to overcome in order to work with the top performers in your market. And sometimes it's just putting the intention out there. I was working with one of my clients, uh, these amazing two uh, ladies at this company called Left Right Labs, and they're working with um, health and wellness professionals. Mm-hmm. The last few years, they have been working with health and wellness professionals, one after another, that is just starting out, just <laughs> getting their business off the ground. And they need everything. They need everything, but right. they can't pay for anything, right? Yes. And, yes. And, and they're good people. They've got good <laughs> intentions, right? But what happened was, is it was, it was putting so much pressure on their business as yeah. an agency that they were probably on the fast track to eventually going out of business. Ooh. So no matter how much they helped people, they were probably eventually going to not help them by not being around, right? So we changed one thing about how they, how they, their, their positioning statement, right? One, one word, basically. Instead of going after health and wellness professionals, we helped them change to health and wellness influencers. Wow. Overnight, their business fundamentally changes. Because all of a sudden, they're, they're, A, it's much more specific, right? It's not just anybody in the health and wellness market. It's yeah. the influencers. It's the top of the market. So yep. when they start telling people that, people go, oh, well, I know an influencer. I, I know one, right? And everybody they meet knows one influencer, right? So they start getting all these referrals and leads. They change their website to be much more specific. And, and here's the fun part. The same people that were calling them that were just starting out, some of them are still contacting them and still want to work with them except now they want to work with them because they want to be who they think that this company now works with they want to be an influencer so what they're finding is they're getting the 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 middle 80 percent of the market is contacting them saying i want to invest with you guys because i want to be an influencer and you work with influencers yeah Love it. That's an interesting perspective. I've never had, I would consider myself a little leaning to the cynical side. You managed to out cynical me. How is that humanly possible? <laughs> I love that. Uh, I t- well, I, the reason I say like people have a heart for the low end of the market is I, I, I'm best friends and, and like podcast co-hosts with one of them, sadly. Um, and so they, they do exist out there, but I think you're absolutely right that a lot of that is covering up for mindset limitations. Um, so it, it is worth like, like having somebody force you and really press you on why do you think you need to go after this specific segment of the market, right? And testing and prod, you know, just kind of prodding you to like, where's the truth at? Where's the truth really at? And is there some wound in, in your past that's causing you to not go after the market that really should be paying you what you're worth so that you can build a good business? And look, if you want to go and donate you know, 10% of your time to do pro bono work with the up and comers, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you can, uh, you can use those most successful people to pay the bills, make that work. And then, you know, we do this at you gurus. Uh, we haven't done it in a while. This is a reminder for myself to do that. But um, <laughs> for the first few launches for bootcamp, we took on a handful of scholarships. So mm-hmm. we would do partial and full scholarships to people that we thought had a great story. And so, you know, it, because we worked with people and, and we created a successful business, we were able to um, to still do some of that work to, to some of the folks that were just starting out, maybe just couldn't figure out how to make it happen. Cool. Love it. All right. I got a page full of notes, literally. Um, so let's finish out with this because I want to honor your time. Number one, let people know where you can uh, sign up and get more information about the program and then tell them where they can go to grab the podcast. And then I've got one final question for you. 
Yeah, sure. So, I mean, check out our website, yougurus.com. Uh, we've got tons of resources on there. We have uh, a podcast there as well. You can check it out. It's a digital agency show, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Um, any of your listeners that are interested, I mentioned that course earlier. Uh, it's 197 bucks on our website. Just shoot me an email, brent at yougurus.com. Happy to give you that course um, absolutely free. So, uh, not pitching something there, but uh, you know, just email me uh, and uh, and let me know if you want that course. We've got a couple of other courses if you're not a web designer. So we've got another course called More Deals, Higher Prices. Uh, again, just email me. I'll give that to you for free. And if you want to hook up and do a, a an hour long kind of strategy call, I'm happy to do that as well for your your listeners. Perfect. Awesome. Well, let's finish out with this. Um, so I, I really appreciate like the, the very strategic systematic mindset that you have and maybe some of that came naturally, but was there any certain mentor or book uh, that really helped accelerate that and formed the way that you approach things? Ooh, you're going to make me pick one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, um, I can tell you my, my, who I'm currently working with. Cause I mean, I feel like if I go back and look at who yeah. I've worked with in the past. I mean, I've worked with some amazing mentors. Townsend Wardlaw was kind of my sales mentor and coach for many years. Uh, Yannick Silver has been super influential for me. Uh, right now, I'm working with a gentleman by the name of uh, Craig Valentine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a platform called the Perfect Day Formula. So I did his 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 full day workshop, and uh, he he holds me accountable every week. Uh, pushes me really to to show up as the best version of myself, and has helped has helped me optimize my daily routine and habits in a really big way. That's probably the, been the thing that's had the most impact on me and my business for the last year. So Craig Ballantine is definitely the guy that I'm currently um, going the deepest with. Love it. Yeah, his he he is a uh, he's a marketing genius. His perfect day formula, the launch for that book and the program that surrounds it was that 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 should be a case study. <laughs> very very good. Um, yeah. All right. Well, awesome, Brandon. I really, really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. Hopefully everybody goes and checks out the website, grabs the podcast and uh, takes advantage of the sales course, all that good stuff. So again, just want to say thank you and appreciate your time. Yeah, Matt, it's been a pleasure. Now, I believe that clarity releases energy. So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. We have a complete done for you podcasting service. That is my agency that I'm building and growing. And I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you. You can learn more at pursuingresults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market, something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX podcast where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine, and we'll see you on the next episode.